1: Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. i have bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. Hope you all had a great weekend. Spencer Israel, Joel O'Connor. Dennis, stick with you on pre market prep. I got my mic fixed today. We're all good. Uh, what's on our radar today? Well, we are in this is going to be like the biggest earnings week of the season. Uh, it starts tonight with Tesla. We'll preview that. We'll maybe preview some of the other reports we're going to get later on in the week, but it's going to be an earnings week across the board. Uh, we got to talk uh, crypto here. Big moves over the weekend. Uh, we want to talk about the idea of being bullish uh, crypto and Bitcoin, but at the same time, bearish a stock like Coinbase and how that could possibly be. Um, got some NFT movers this morning. Uh, SJ is your NFT play of the day. We will take questions from our chat as well. And two guests on the docket today. First up, Tim Quast, which joins us at 8 35. He is the founder and CEO of Market Structure Edge and Matt Hammond from IPO Warriors. We'll preview the week in IPOs and recap last week for us at 9 o'clock. Before I throw it to Joel, today's show is sponsored by Market Structure Edge. It is the first decision support platform for traders built on Market Structure. Try the new way to trade for free at MarketStructureEdge.com. The link is up on the screen. Go ahead and smash that like button. Tell us you love us by hitting the little thumbs up there. We appreciate that. Uh, Joel, how was your weekend? And how are we doing overnight here?
2: Uh excellent weekend. Uh, you never call me to go out there and hit some golf balls. It, it's because uh,
1: I, I I never actually got out there, but I, I will I will call you when I. actually. And it
2: was a uh, it was a little bit it was a little bit chilly too there. Yeah. Uh well, uh, we closed, but by the dippers uh, overnight, uh, we're down a buck and a quarter here at uh, forty one seventy and a quarter. Got some good levels up on the upside and the downside uh crude that's trading down a stick at sixty one fourteen to kind of a like three four day trading range here that's pretty interesting uh gold that's in the red by a buck seventy $1.70 at seventeen seventy six ten uh only a ten buck range in that still trying to clear eighteen hundred uh silver clinging to twenty six dollars that's up uh not much, just 0.01 cent here, 4%, 26.085. And Bitcoin, y'all could thank me for Bitcoin being up $2,875 at 53720 because someone construed a bearish tw- a tweet of mine as bearish. Uh, perfect double bottom in there, folks. 47,400, two lows in a row. That's it. That's your level on the downside. Excellent level on the upside to keep an eye on. We can talk about that a little bit uh, later on. Uh, Triple D, we were talking about Coinbase. And I mentioned you know, lift, uh, Bitcoin was up this morning. I noticed the 4 a.m. open and Coinbase yeah. has turned out to be the low. We talked about the correlations between trading Bitcoin and Coinbase. You had an interesting take. Let, let's get into
3: that in just a second. Breaking news. Breaking though. news. What do merger we got? Monday. <laughs> merger Monday. Merger Monday. Another
2: merger Monday.
1: Proofpoint going off the board. Cash deal. Bravo. Tom. Yep. Toma Bravo. Toma Bravo. I don't know. Is buying Proofpoint for. $176 per share in cash. PFPT is it? it
3: is halted right now. If you're wondering why it is not trading higher, otherwise, I would be lifting the 140 and the 146 and the 150 and the 155 and the 160. But it is halted right now, so it is going to open significantly higher once it comes out of the halt. Um, they halted it just before eight o'clock. This is the way they should do it. And when they announce these mergers, I hate it when they just announce and they don't halt the stock first because then everybody gets picked off. The HFT algos make it all. Um, It's the best way to halt the stock and then investors overnight who, you know, might have an order sitting out there, obviously don't get picked off. So I don't know why companies want to announce major news like that and not halt the stock first. So bravo to Proofpoint for doing it the right way. Halt the stock, then obviously announce the news. And we can see here uh 176 bucks in cash so i'd expect this cool. to trade up you know 173 174 probably risk guards put a couple point discount on it but when it comes out of the halt here pfpt congratulations to the bulls
1: so Dennis, wait how does that work so that so like proof point would call the exchange and yes. say hey, hey guys yeah halt us for a second yeah, yeah.
3: okay halt pending news so call the exchange get a halted Instead of just breaking the news. Because you see it go both ways. And I've been picked off. You know, I got picked off during the Celgene merger when it got announced. And what I mean by picked off is that an order out there trading it actively, get short the stock, and boom, you know, you're picked off. So, you know, if you're trying to do any type of, you have orders out there pre-market. The HFT algo is just you know boom, it's it's gone in milliseconds on on a news like that. So halt the stock, give everybody a chance. Normal traders, human beings who might be out there actually, there's a few humans left to actually move our orders, or you know we get the price improvement now because it's not going to open. Like there's some orders I can see in the book. Somebody's offering 100 shares at 140.47. Well, that person, if they didn't halt the stock, would be sold right now at 140.47 and missing out on 3,600 bucks. So that order is going to end up getting filled significantly higher when it reopens. Even if they don't move that order, the order will get price improvement uh, because it'll get where the opening print goes, uh, depending on the exchanges and stuff, because there's obviously multiple openings. But it's going to get a significantly higher price than that because they halted it. So I always like to see them halt the stock before they get. I got picked off on Safeway, too, when it, um, when it got announced that it was getting taken over. I think it was Safeway. Oh, no, it's Super Value, Safeway. Anyways, one of the grocery stores. It was super value. <laughs>
1: super value. <laughs>
3: yeah, I know. I got picked off and sold the stock at 21, and then it's taken over at 32. And I was like, well, that sucks. Halt the stock. And they'll pick me off. And then yeah, but... more, it, it, you know, it gives me a little bit more uh, to, to provide liquidity out there. If you're going to just allow me to get picked off on mergers, maybe I don't want to provide any liquidity. So there you go. So Breaking news: Dennis
2: America. Dennis fails to mention all the time he picks <laughs> right. people off on a <laughs> daily anymore. basis. I'm not
3: that fast, man. Yeah, I'm not yeah. fast enough anymore. I'm getting old. I'm not as fast as I used what's, to. be.
2: Uh, not as good as I once was? Two questions: Who's uh? Who's taking them over?
1: Uh, Thomas Bravo. To, to, yeah, Thomas Bravo.
2: Thomas Bravo. Bravo.
1: Bravo. Thomas.
2: Bravo. T- what's the big Big Wait, money, no um, whammy.
1: There, there was no symbol. They're not traded, probably.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, what? I'm not really familiar with proof point here. I, I, Is there anything moving in sympathy with it?
3: It's,
1: it's, not, well, that's a good it's not Thomas. It's Tama. Tom, Tama, Tom. Thomas. Thomas
3: yeah. the train. Thomas the train, I think. Wait, we'll, can, start, we'll start bad rumors here now. Thomas the train taking over.
1: <laughs> can you address uh, France Case comment? No, not necessarily that they're going to be hauled until the open, right?
3: Uh, we could go, you know, okay, cool. Go to NASDAQ halts. So if you want to show the site, if you always want to know when it's going to come out, just quickly Google NASDAQ halts. You'll see current halts, and you'll see um, the information there. So they halted proof point if you go to that site at 75502. Announce the merger. Reason codes is T1, T2, T3. We know it's for news. Resumption quote time, when they're going to allow it to start quoting again, 825. Resumption trade time is 830. So we know it will oh, reopen for trade at eight thirty, and it will probably open. I am predicting around one seventy two or one seventy three.
2: A little bit about, yeah, yep. Yep, give we'll a little
3: on. bit of a discount usually. Some, you know what? Sometimes they actually think, oh, somebody we'll give a better deal, and they take it all the way to one seventy six. That
2: could happen. That I mean, it, still- we saw it. We
3: saw with Glue Mobile, so it might. But if it goes all the way to one seventy six, and I was long it. I'd ring the register, just like when Glue Mobile got taken over. I was like, okay, I'm just ringing the register. It went up to like thirteen dollars. It was a twelve fifty cash takeover <laughs> price. People are so greedy. They're like, "Wow, well, well, maybe somebody else comes and buys Blue Mobile." Yeah, I don't know if anybody's what, coming by in proof point.
2: What about Kansas Mobile. State University? KSU,
3: KSU has the fight in there. You're right. CP, CNI, both fighting for uh, Kansas City Southern. So the fight still continues. KSU yeah. was saying this morning, it's merger Monday. It must be that uh, their CP isn't a bad deal, so they didn't actually say no or to CNI. 'Cause C P was the first one. They didn't say no. So we still are trying to find out more information. We don't know, but C P and CNI, and I, the two Canadian big rails, fighting for Canadian or gonna be Canadian Southern, but we'll call it Kansas City
1: Southern. I, I just want to add if you have Benz in your pro, you don't even know you don't even need to go to a third party site. There you go. All, all information is right there. How do you do that in pro? I didn't know that. I'm, Show me. I'm okay. That's a good Show idea Show me
3: how to do that because I did not know you could get that in pro. You sure. guys have everything
1: in there. Pro yeah, what is about your proof point. don't that creator anymore? Uh, this is, my, this is your, your pro homepage. You go to your signals tool. Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. You say, oh, you halt. Let's go to my halt still. Oh, yeah. Oh, bada bing, bada boom. Two boom. clicks.
3: Boom. It's Two there clicks. for you. Two clicks. Nice. Okay. Halt to re- shares to resume at 830. They thought of everything, these Benzinger Pro developers. Thought of all of it. Geniuses. Uh,
1: Joel was asking about what trades proof point. Um other I cyber uh, I don't know. know. It's Um, a tough
3: one. Let's go take a look. i am see what I see what I c see what I've got. See what I can find for you. Proof point Point. sympathy. Uh, Other other like oh, I don't know. Um
1: isn't proof point, isn't it? Cyber, isn't it cyber security though? It's a cyber security play. Right? So, you maybe like maybe like a cyber arc or uh,
2: yeah, that's got a, a little, or a, a well, it's part of
3: hack, I believe. So, you're gonna see
2: Hack yeah.
1: higher, which
3: it is. Fire Eye, um, uh, how
2: is Fire Eye doing? Ah, oh, hack got a nice bump, yeah,
3: Fire Eye's lifting. What about Palo Alto is a big one? So oh, yeah. Cyber Arc, Cybr. It's got a $3 left. Maybe like Norton
1: Lifelock, NLOK. That's a
3: smaller one. NLOK. Small, not much happening there yet. All interesting. Yeah. So those are the ones I'd go with too. I mean, yeah. What's that, Lifelock?
2: L O C K? And
3: and it's
1: N L O K. I'd say Cyber Cybr.
3: It's it, up. It's up three bucks in bid there, one forty-six. So that that and FireEye too. FireEye nice three percent pop here. So again, a little lift here. I don't know if we're going to see lots of mergers in this space, but it's an attractive space. I mean, um, you know, cybersecurity is not going away. It's not a fad. So what?
2: Well, what was the one that was responsible for that? The big hack, not too long ago. Ah,
1: uh, that was Solar Winds. That was uh, that was, uh What's SWI. That Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: Funky symbol Monday. I can't, like, nope.
1: yeah, you got to know these group. So,
3: yeah, <laughs> anyway, nice lift for a few stocks in the sector. Let's just go look at what uh hack is. So, let's just see how many for, I know it's in hack. Do yeah. we have the percentage? So, so, I
1: do, but it's it's only two and a half percent of hack. No, it's it, very small. It's five percent of bug. You want to go to bug bug bug? Yeah, that's a nice symbol. That's a good one, too. It's five percent
3: of bug. Yep. Oh, so there you go. So five percent a bug, and it's getting you know. So you do your quick. Where's map. it dead at? Yeah. Yeah. Where's what it? is that? Forty percent. Twenty-seven, sixty. 30 percent 20, premium. So, so uh, Fortnite, it's not much.
1: Fortnite, CrowdStrike, maybe ZScaler. These a few more names. to consider. You're
3: reaching a little bit more with those. They're not so the more pure plays. I would say FireEye, your CyberArk. Palo is a bigger. That's one of the biggest in the space. So it's probably not going to get a lift because who's coming and acquiring a Palo? So, um, I would think FireEye CyberArk right away. Those are the two I would think.
1: Okay. Okay. So,
3: okay, back right. back to the Bitcoin. Yeah,
1: let's go back to the Bitcoin thing. So, so Joel put out this tweet that um, we can't seem to agree on on the sentiment being conveyed here. I'm gonna pull it up. Um, Joel, this is a what is this a positive tweet wait wait we have another merger oh my
2: lord what is going
3: on here i didn't know about this one did you know about this one gra christian from is just tweeting it out i just saw a tweet from christian i was just closing twitter up actually and then i see a merger
1: gra is this right is this confirmed? gra i yeah i do see it standard i've got, I've got a
3: christian <laughs> yeah standard <laughs> industries it's in
1: the pro at eight o'clock to acquire grace
3: really i had this stock in my portfolio for a little while not anymore I, you know, Obviously, not anymore. I'd be I hope there's up down. no
2: typos in my tweet.
3: G R am going into the headline here from yeah. the pro. 70 bucks in cash.
2: Another cash. Nah, deal. Not too
3: much. Not too much of a premium. Nine, it represents a. F- okay, so I guess this was rumored already, maybe, because it says the purchase price represents a premium of 59% over Grace's closing price on November 6, 2020, the last day prior to the announcement of 40 North's initial proposal. So, I, I don't, don't follow Grace that. very closely, yeah. but I guess there was already a deal potentially on the table here. So, I guess, you know, you just right see it coming yep. and trumping them.
2: There so, it is. So, that's there. where
3: they're getting that from. But 70 bucks. So, it's at sixty eight thirty six here right now. They are, have offered $70 in cash for GRA. Merger Monday. Merger Monday.
2: Wow. Monday, Monday, Monday. Sorry. They think about it over the weekend, and then uh, someone's working weekends. Yeah.
3: yeah. Not me other than buying Ethereum Friday, but that was Friday afternoon. So,
2: okay. well, yeah. well,
1: let's talk about that. What, what prompted that? Well, I've been talking about it for a week
3: on the show, that I want to sure. buy Ethereum. I want to trade my Bitcoin in for Ethereum. It's probably been talking about it for a month. And finally, I am like, we got the pullback, wanted a dip. We got a nice dip on Friday. We know overnight Ethereum was trading down 10%. I'm like, okay. So I didn't go all in. I went part of the way in just a hodl some, and I'm like, I'm going to buy a little bit on this step because I want to participate now in Ethereum. Um, I was actually hoping it would come lower so I could buy more, but I bought a piece, and I went through an ETF in Canada because we have multiple ETFs in Canada. I actually was asking, um, I believe I asked on Twitter, I asked on the chat for some Ethereum ETF tickers, and I'm trying to find the person who gave it to me. Somebody gave it to me. There are, um, there, are, sorry. there
1: are a couple. There are now, I think, four.
3: Yeah, there's a bunch of Ethereum ETFs in Canada. So, and I'm sorry, I cannot find the person who gave this to me. And I feel actually it's Harry. So Harry on Twitter <laughs> gave me thank you Harry. He gave me three symbols: ETHH, ETHX, and ETHR. Um, these are obviously traded on the Canadian Stock Exchange. Through a little bit in my retirement account, I bought. I don't even know which one I bought. Let's go look. I bought ETHX, and I bought the .dot .B version because that's in the Canadian dollars and I'm Canadian. Uh, I bought it at 10.22. It actually closed on Friday at 10.90. So I was already up this was the first time I looked at it. I was already up 6% on Friday, and then we're getting a little pop here overnight again, Ethereum. So, so far so good with my
2: Ethereum investment.
3: By the dip, working. Look at that. Anyway, hey, are you guys still there or are just doing the show act, by myself? Back
2: to Joel's tweet though. Yeah, back to my tweet. No oh, no typos, I
1: hope. What happened? No, no. Not oh, there. yeah, your tweet. His tweet. So, Joe, Joe, maybe you can explain. He's telling us this is a bullish tweet. I I, I, guess, I guess this is bullish. Yeah, as, as
3: Joe. Uh, I, I construed this as a bearish tweet.
1: I said, <laughs>
2: if it takes out 47.5, and it already opened. I mean, I'm rounding numbers here. It already opened at the dead low for the session. So, I was thinking, if it's not a double bottom, you could see 45K. So I'll see how you can construe it that way, but you know what I'll do? I just won't give my opinions anymore, and everyone can just oh, do. We, it, we upset yep, him with this. That's what we're going to do. I'm just going <laughs> to agree with everything that you and Spencer said. He
3: likes to be right.
2: That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Whatever you got, I'm buying. Oh uh, wait, hold on, I got to uh, We upset you old, I got to buy hundred million Ethereum. I tweeted out of my. I'm glad you're not a Bitcoin trader. <laughs> I'm going to buy a hundred million Ethereum right now. It's so mad. Southern so red.
3: He was so mad at me this morning.
2: That's so
3: <laughs> we crazy. all get it right and wrong. I like that sounded pretty bearish. I, I was like, it went "Straight it, up, it no, no more opinions. <laughs> no no
2: more, opinions more opinions. We're sorry, no we opinions. you right, Dude, I'm gonna, he's, No, he's, more, he, opinions. no at more opinions. This morning,
1: I'm gonna no more
2: opinions. Not I didn't
1: say anything. He's mad at you. I I I have no part. <laughs> I, I have did. no I opinion. A little bit. No one. Everyone's off.
2: a genius. Uh, you know what? There's a bull market. Everyone's a genius. You know what? We did that. You know, our show got popular when the market was going down, right? And Sorry, now the market's I going up. You. No one needs us anymore. We should probably just cancel the show until the market starts going down. <laughs> because – Everyone's a genius. Dennis is a genius. Spencer's a genius. Mitch a, is a, genius. a genius. I screw up all the time. I guess I'm the only one that has losing trades in, in, in all of Benzinga. It's okay i right. have a loser. Let's talk some stocks. So, Dennis is. Anyways, it, apparently, though,
3: it was if and it didn't take it out. So, I should have read Thank the Thank you. If. I didn't get the F. So, it wasn't quite bearish. And, but you know what? Some of I think maybe you have some Reddit followers or something because they got mad at you on that tweet they started buying Bitcoin at 6 p.m. right when you tweeted that out. And they did not stop. Bring up the chart of Bitcoin.
2: It did not stop. I'm getting a lot of love in the chat. I am getting a
3: lot of love in the chat here. So we got to circle the little spot where Joel put out the tweet. It's right here right, and it is like big green bark, big green bark, big green bark, crawl, 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 big green bark, crawl, crawl, crawl. That's crawl why up. you
2: should listen to the Sunday Night Show. That's I, why. I that's
3: right. You. You I did listen to you for a while, and forty seven thousand to fifty four thousand. What a rally in Bitcoin! Just when everybody's ready to throw in the towel, because I had another uh, buddy of mine saying, "I uh, Carter Worth was on CNBC, and and it started with Carter. Carter Worth on CNBC Friday night." He did his technical analysis where you know he does draws his little pictures and stuff. And uh he said this is going to forty thousand. So this was right trading around 49 at the time. This was Friday night. Anyways, uh, Carter, that was clearly, I think, I think Carter worth, I don't know how he's gonna spin that, but I'm pretty sure that was a bearish chart when he said uh it's going I think it's going to forty thousand. It's hard to like spin that one. So I think Carter uh, might be wrong on this one, 53,000. I'm a hodler of Bitcoin. I'm a hodler of Ethereum. I don't know anything about the technicals. There is no fundamentals, except on Ethereum, there kind of is. So I'm a hodler of both of these now. I put these in a retirement account. We know I sold half my Bitcoin when it just over doubled. and I said forever playing with the house's money. Not the case with Ethereum because I'm new money in there. I didn't flip from Bitcoin to Ethereum. I'm just in Ethereum. So holding both of those now.
2: Uh. You know what? I sh- I almost included Reddit on that. Can you imagine if I would include it? Oh, yeah. It'd be oh, 60,000 right ex- now. They'd be easy. like, this prop, this guy, this
3: Joel, we're going to mail him. <laughs> yeah. And they wrote it wrong. and be like, ha ha. Reddit <laughs> guys.
2: I should have included them. I got the Saturday Night Live. Oh, you did you know, have
3: the uh, F in there. I'm going to give you props for the F.
2: Yes. Thank you. And uh, he's going, uh, Elon's going to be on Saturday Night Live. When you know is that? Not. Do you guys have that. that in Canada? Do we have a Day
3: Night Live? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, we have Saturday Live. What's uh what's the date on that one? May May eighth. May eighth. All right, right in your calendars. I mean, maybe doggy coin on May
1: 7th. Is is, is this a tradable event? I I, I would think so. Is yeah, F- I think
3: so. I think you get long the crypto a couple days before, maybe. And to the Elon Musk, but you yeah, had to sell it. Not maybe, I don't know. Do you it's interesting? Do you sell before? Or do you actually hold it through the Saturday Night Live? While, while he's the on, next morning. Oh yeah, well, you
4: yeah know it's open.
2: You're right. You could take it to Saturday. You know what? You Maybe we'll do a. That. You got 24 hour trading in
4: crypto. Let... Yeah. Let's do a
2: Saturday Night Show when, yeah, uh, when he's on, and we yeah, will along we the will
3: doggy coin on the Thursday night and sell it into the Elon Musk pump on the Saturday night.
2: Oh, it's, it's point oh, .00406 right bid. Oh, it's point oh, oh, .00407 bid. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, .0048 bid. That would be the quoting of it.
3: <laughs> jo- Johnny in the chat saying, Snoop Dogg's on The Voice tonight. So there you go. He's on The Voice. Be talking the doggy, <laughs> doggy style. Wait. Okay. Wait. So show us what's off the rails right now bring us you're off the
1: rails (laughs) wait wait so back to the original point though which was that dennis is bullish bitcoin but he's not bullish coinbase yes
2: that that was only 21 minutes ago go ahead
1: maybe we started that maybe you can explain that a little bit
3: well we've explained before so if you're gonna say okay well if bitcoin goes higher coinbase is going to go higher on any given day probably true but over the long run We know Coinbase is a company, and that's obviously based on a lot of factors. Why I don't want to own Coinbase long term, sorry, Kathy Wood, is because I believe steep competition is coming for Coinbase. Now, the story might carry it for a while because competition is still a little ways away. But we know eventually you're going to see crypto traded probably on all the major exchanges. And once that starts happening, the spreads are going to tighten significantly for Coinbase. So you can't just extrapolate the current money that Coinbase is saying, if they grow the users by X amount, that that's going to be how much money they're going to make. It's not the case because the spreads are going to narrow. You're not going to be picking up these sweet half percent spreads or 1% spreads on some of these other crypto coins because it's going. To, they're going to be traded. I'm predicting it now. They're going to be traded on the public exchanges eventually. And if you go there, I mean, we already see, obviously, Bitcoin futures. So um, I think you're going to see competition coming for Coinbase. Is it going to be the place to go always? Maybe, but they're still going to have to tighten the spreads because if you can t- trade a tighter spread on, you know, on a public exchange as opposed to on Coinbase, um, you're probably going to go to where you get the better price. Money will naturally travel to where the spreads are tighter. So that's why I'm not bullish Coinbase, even though I'm long Bitcoin and Ethereum. So um, you can also look at Mara and Riot. You know, why don't you just own all those? Well, if you look. Here you've got Ethereum trading near highs. Doggy quarter is making new highs. Bitcoin is not that far off of highs, maybe 15, 20%. And you can look at Mara, and it is now, you know, we're all talking, it's up 35 this morning, but you're talking almost 20 points off the highs from $55 stock, 35, 40%. Riot, you could say these are levered plays, but at a certain point in time, they're miners, they're businesses, and you've got to start looking at the looking at them from a different perspective. There's definitely a positive correlation between the price of Bitcoin and the price of Riot. But it's not going to be perfect because there is company effects. And, you know, there's other companies that are going to be mining. There's other businesses. There's going to be competition for them, too. But the reason that I'm concerned about owning Coinbase is I do not believe that the current widespreads spreads um, will be there in three to five years. I don't even know if it's going to be there in a couple of years. I think competition is going to be coming. So if you're bullish Bitcoin and Ethereum, I just buy Bitcoin and Ethereum.
1: All right, that's a pretty interesting point, I think. Yeah, and and I and you know, I would agree wholeheartedly. I'm bullish Bitcoin. I don't own any Bitcoin stocks. It's why you know I'm actually bearish
3: real estate brokers too. And you know, obviously, we've got you know four or five percent commissions. We got this housing bubble, and it's like holy mackerel; these guys are still making five percent, two and a half in or two and a half out. I'm like, that's got to come in too eventually. And people are saying, oh, maybe you go with the Zillow's. and maybe that's a way to play that that way. But I mean. Uh, and that's the other argument is they've held those spreads, you know, the real estate, you know, so maybe the crypto yeah. can hold the spreads. But this is simpler. It's lower hanging fruit. As more exchanges start trading, there's going to be, you know, with the ways that they're going to get flow is by offering tighter spreads. And I believe that is coming. And that's why I just cannot stomach Coinbase, not only for the valuation, but because I believe some competition is coming.
1: Yeah, that's a great point about the uh, the real estate uh spreads there because that has not been disrupted. No. But if anything's going to do it, it's the blockchain theoretically, right? So, I think
3: it will eventually. I think you you, like, you do see like, you know, um, they have like in Canada, they have like purple bricks and they have some, you know, discount. But people still, when they're selling their house, they want to go with the big real estate. And, and the one thing is you do get some value when you go through a real estate agent because, you know, they're marketing, marketing it. They're spending money on marketing and spending thousands of dollars. You know, like when we did our show, they, they brought in a stager even, you know, like they spent that on their buck. Yeah. So we didn't pay for that. Obviously, we did. We know through the commission, but I mean, they're picking up two and a half on their end. They probably spent one and a half to market the house. So I mean, there it, it isn't like it's just two and a half and it's all gravy. Sometimes I'm sure they get some easy deals. And if you're the, on the buyer side, it's obviously a lot easier deal. But on the seller side, they're working a little bit for that money. I tell you, my real estate agent did a great job. Worked worked it for me when I sold my house back in October. All
1: right, so let's do this. If you want us to do a Saturday night live dogecoin show (laughs) hit the like button on youtube
3: (laughs) oh my goodness you're gonna make me work saturday night my wife's gonna kill
1: me hit the like button if you want to see a saturday night dogecoin elon musk it's called doggy coin snl whatever show and then we will consider it if if we get to uh call 800 likes today um we do have an nft mover today guys sj is your ticker sign joy uh, it's a Chinese uh streaming company. Oh, they're launching no they're, they're launching NFTs on their platform. SJ is your ticker up thirty-five percent here. Yeah, this is a headline grabber that they just
3: issued yeah. the headlines like how can we get the stock price? No, I don't know that for sure, but <laughs> SJ, let's go look at what the headline says. I Brian that... Joy becomes one of the first live streaming platforms in mainland China to offer non-fungible tokens uh nfts they even put a black it's just so you make sure you know what that is so it gets the pop the algos grab that They're like ah, nft algo boom boom boom. up 35 it's a nice pop it actually did have one of these headlines back in april because we have mm-hmm. precedents here already the stock popped from 10 to 18 back yeah. in april for some reason well
1: i i guess this headline is like a follow through from it, i guess the same thing but oh like- so we've already knew this was an nft play then yeah, go back here Yeah, yeah. April. It, what day was that? It, April the 6th. April so, the 6th. They announced a strategic alliance with the company uh, oh, yeah. Interactive to explore NFT rewards, basically. So this is... This is All right.
3: Point. So one, we already knew this was an NFT play. The market's giving it a ridiculous amount of love again. My personal opinion, I don't follow the stock. It's the first time I've looked at it, but you've already seen a pop and you saw it give it back on the initial headline. The second headline is usually never better. So, I don't know what it's done pre market here, but I would not be chasing this one. I'd expect it honestly not to give it all back immediately, but I'd be cautious chasing these and a lot of these other nFt plays have p- petered out to a certain extent. They might start getting some love again, but you know, a lot of these that were moving a month ago have started to not uh, do as well. So I'd be careful with this one.
2: It's up three dollars and forty cents at thirteen ten that's thirty four point six four percent. shares have traded.
1: Whoa! hello.
2: What are your thoughts, Joel? (laughs) It is trading up 3.36. It's trading up 330 at 13 even. Yeah, it's up 33%. I, I, I personally,
3: if I own this, and this is just my opinion, I would sell it if I owned it. That's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it, so... I'll probably never look at the stock again, but I'm sure
1: some people on Twitter will point out if I'm wrong. If I'm right, nobody will point that out. <laughs> Next, uh, you want to know what's in the midst of of a record winning streak right now? The Dow transports. Oh, I know it's been All, unreal. All time record. Was it like ten or eleven weeks. It's been it's up. Twelve weeks. It's been up. Twelve
3: times. Yeah, twelve times.
1: Whether you want to go to like the IYT, which is your uh, one ETF that that does it, there's wow. like it's all it's all the the railroads and it's like Avis budget, which we've talked about, and it's UPS, right? And it's, it's all those types of companies. Um and some airlines too. FedEx is in there. Um, but yeah, man, transport's been crushing it wow i don't even know what to say do we get some
3: news oh durable goods yeah because i just went sold 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 so it must have got some news <laughs>
0: durable thanks
3: good, durable goods in line i don't know it's called getting picked off while you do a radio show it's an awesome feeling <laughs> sold 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 okay sorry i digress uh, wait, uh, what wait. were we talking about before I got picked off by all the HFT algo's?
1: Um, the transports. Uh, oh yes, the transports. Railroads, UPS. That's
3: been the argument every time I try to put up errors. Tweet out there. I'm 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 left with everybody saying the transports, but the transports. I mean, yeah, they've been unbelievable. Let's look at that IYT here right now. New all time highs that stock chart speaks for itself and you can just look at the iyt components actually should we go do that it'd be a helpful exercise let's I, go do I,
1: yeah I just kind grab of-
3: them all bring them up the high iyt components so we know which stocks have been performing the best and which stocks have been leading the way i can guess which stocks right now but we won't guess we'll just look at the top five components obviously Kansas city southern is number one and it's in play so not surprising then you got norfolk southern which is making new highs you got two rails leading the way and then fedex and ups are three and five, and they FedEx has stalled a little bit, but UPS has tried to make new highs, and then slow and behold, a fourth one is another rail. So yeah. basically you can say the transports are hot, but in the IYT, it's 40% rails, at least the top five components, and they are, is that right, 22? No, 30% rails, and the rails have been hot as hell. So not surprising. So you could say it's more of a rail rally than a transport
1: rally. Rails yeah. hot. Well, it's not like the rest of it hasn't been as hot too. I mean, like the airlines have been, maybe we should talk airlines a little bit, but the airlines have been. Airlines are
3: very small in the IYT. People think about them in there and they are in there. But LUV 2.5%, UAL 2.1%. If you're buying the IYT, you're buying the rails. One, two, three, I mean, and CSX, just looking at the top 10 components, there's, four rails in there that i can just see right there and then you got trucker jb hunt so it's rider systems is up there somehow avis budget is in there i don't really consider avis it. I, guess budget has been I, I know it's been a monster but oh i don't really god. i don't think of that as a transport but i guess we, it transports we, people right Transport people it transports people yeah. oh my god that stock has been ridiculous well, they lost all the competition with Hertz. And okay. everybody thinks that, hey, yeah, we're all going on vacation and we all need rental cars because nobody's getting
1: Ubers. They compete with Uber and a Lyft.
3: How in the heck is Avis Budget that Steve Grasso, man? Props to Grasso, who was pitching this thing out here for years. Finally, holy macro. Grasso ended up being right. I hope he was hodling that one. 83.25. Grasso. We should get Steve Grasso on the show. We can reach out. We can reach. I don't know if he's got a exclusive though. He probably does because he's on CNBC all the time. We can
1: reach out. Uh, Do you want to talk Tesla real fast before we bring Tim on? But they have they're they're the they're the big report tonight after the close.
3: Yeah. Again,
1: (laughs) so this trade works.
3: Buy ahead of the report. Buy over the weekend, and it works. It's up a eight bucks here, so you're up one percent already. Again, that trade is by a day or two ahead of the report sell before the report. We don't like to hold through the report because we don't want the coin flip of the report, but it's getting the predictable lift ahead of the report this morning. So that's all I have to say. Joel has went silent. Uh, uh, Joel's mad at me though so no,
2: no. Tesla me. is currently trading up eight dollars and ten cents at seven thirty seven fifty that's one point one one percent. Tim.
1: Yeah, let's do it. It is 35 on a Monday, which means it is time I'm ready to do my dance from Market Structure Monday. Tim Quash.
3: That's my Bushwhacker <laughs> dance. Remember the Bushwhackers? <laughs> do you remember the Bushwhackers? They come I, in. I don't. I you should, don't remember. I, you I, know I what? WWF back in the day, the Bushwhackers. They come in like this. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. They were great, man.
0: I don't walkers. have enough uh, I don't have enough rhythm to be able to do that. So uh, I have no rhythm. Fortunately, you do.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Good,
0: good, good to see you guys. It does appear that that Joel has nodded off. Uh I, I, I know. He hasn't it, been talking. Uh,
3: He's mad at me though, Tim. That's why I'm sorry to hear you. that. Wait,
0: wait, Joel. Wait. Joel. we need you. We need hey, you. No, we need, t- the, we need no, energy. This, is,
2: this this market's so easy, Tim. It just goes, just goes up. we got a bunch of geniuses in here. What do you have for us, Tim? I want to ask what? you about month-end. Month-end. Yeah, you got right. anything, uh, any month-end trends for me? Well, as you know,
0: uh, because you, 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 uh, you guys are, are uh, market structure fans, that we always, traders, we always pay attention to month-end because there's a giant futures contract. That expires on the last trading day of each month. So the CBO, the Chicago Board Options Exchange, created this thing in 2014 to help indexes true up their tracking. So if you're, you know, if you're not tracking the benchmark, suppose you're running a fund that wants to uh, outperform the S and P 500 or track it. Maybe 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 that's better. We want to track the S and P 500. Well, if you have two percent variance you get jettisoned from all of the marketing materials (laughs) because that's a tracking error that is too great. So solution, uh, a futures contract. So you pay Goldman Sachs. uh, Think about Archegos Capital and what happened here. It's it's similar to that. You pay Goldman Sachs to help you track the measure so that you don't have to go buy little bits and pieces of 500 different things. Uh, Instead, Goldman Sachs will do that for you. And they just Promise you that they will eliminate your tracking error and you pay them a fee. And this is what's happening to the tune of trillions upon trillions of dollars. And so then, you know, we have a third of the S&P 500 reporting results this week. And everybody thinks that the market is all about how these companies are performing financially. And really, the, you know, the, the $20 trillion of assets at BlackRock, Vanguard and State Street are all thinking about, well, am I, am I tracking the measure? And people just miss that. So uh, that's why we pay attention and we'll see this developing by Wednesday and which direction will things go? Well, that's a that's a bigger question. Uh, You know, where is the market? It's very challenging. I wish I'd heard a little bit more of your uh, conversation about it because I'd be curious to hear what you think. Now, uh, Dennis, what do you, you know, is the market capable of continuing to rise or are we going to hit an inflection point?
3: I don't know. It's hard to let's argue with it. It just finds rotations, the rotation, rotation that keeps it up. I mean, we lose sectors right. and then another rotation picks up the slack. I mean, even when we were losing the tech sector severely there, you right. had consumer staples picking up and the transports have been nonstop up, like we've been talking about the rails really leading the way there. Um, I it's hard to argue with the S&Ps when they start making new highs again, and that's what they're trying right. to do So I don't know. It's been the best. It's been the most consistent place to be really a spy It's not making you 20% or 30% right. a week like some of these smaller stocks But right. just steady
0: wins the race and you know the turtle yeah. is starting to look okay Well, buy and it's moving. and it's here's a, it's a great. It's a it's an opportunity to make a point as I always like to do about exchange-traded funds again so people suppose that an, an ETF has to track the benchmark. It's going to have to own all the things in the basket. Well, at some point, that's, that, that will be a requirement. The interesting thing is, if you look at the statements of additional information for ETFs, it's a regulatory requirement. Nobody reads them, but I do. <laughs> so you generally, ETFs have 60 days after the end of the quarter to actually post their positions. So... If the transports are doing well, I could use transports to track the S&P 500. If tech's doing well, I can use tech. I don't have to use the stuff that's not performing well. I can guarantee you BlackRock isn't putting in the basket stuff that's not performing well, except to get rid of it. And so we look at the market. oh, everybody's uh, all thrilled about value or this thing or that thing. Well, if that's in the basket, Uh, it's going to get attention. I don't, that doesn't necessarily help you traders. Uh, I'm sure that you want to know, well, what about Tesla ahead of results? I know you were talking about Tesla. That's probably more germane for a trader, but these are, I think these are important things to understand so that you don't misunderstand how the market works today. So should we look at Tesla? Let's look at. Yes, it. yes we yes. should. And I saw that you had Avis up there too. We should look at that. I mean, the the you know the market structure will always show you uh, what is going on. And and traders go to MarketStructureEdge.com. dot com. You can you can do this with me. You know, you can go go whatever you like. Go look at it and see it in terms of market structure because it's to me the most important thing. If it didn't work, I wouldn't talk about it. It does work. It will, it, it will almost always tell you what is occurring. I happen to have uh, Avis up here. This is how we look at the data. So marketstructureedge.com, you can sign up. You can, you know, it's free. You don't have to use a credit card. This is Avis. And there are two things that we think about. Market structure sentiment, which is simply the waxing and waning of supply and demand on a 10 point scale. 10 point scale. Above five, things tend to do better. Below five, they tend to do worse. And it's very simple to see. You know, when sentiment peaks and begins to come down, uh, stocks don't perform well. And, and, and when sentiment rises, the stock does better. The curious thing here about Avis is look at how short it is. I mean, it's crazy. I would be out because of that. If three-fourths of the trading volume is coming from borrowed stock, if demand falters at all, the stock's going down. Too much supply, not enough demand. And so you would look at it from a technical standpoint and say, well, that's a great stock. No, it's not. <laughs> so if you're if you're up in Avis, get out. Because look how high short volume is over trend. It's crazy.
4: Oh, uh, I
3: Overbought I, the stock has doubled in a month and a half. This isn't the reinvention, you know, this is this is Avis, but this is a rental car company. Right. I mean, I, I can't right. I can't like when I just look at the fundamentals, I think I look at the chart and I go, What? Yep. That's kind of what I look at. I kind of go, what isn't Uber and Lyft? But I guess this is the classic reopening trade, and people are piling in there saying, we're all renting cars because we're all going on vacation, and we all aren't going to use Uber <laughs> and Lyft, apparently, when we go on vacation because Avis Budget Group is marching here, and we're all we don't have Hertz as much as even though it's still
0: operational, right? Um, so I don't know what's, what's going uh, on. Great ticker symbol. It it is a great ticker symbol. I think these are, look at, look, I'll come back to short volume again. Uh, Massive short squeeze, right? The first part of April, uh, shorted a little bit into options, expirations, huge covering. That tells me that everybody bet long on calls and now that trade is over. But this is the cause. Those movements from long to short are crazy. I don't think it has anything to do with fundamentals. I think it is uh, it, it principally, this is the citadels and the Hudson River tradings of the world who know that there isn't enough supply and that they can fluctuate supply by going long and short. They can do it. They're exempt from the short lo- locate rules. And this is what happened. And it's it's happening at an accelerated pace. It's very interesting to see that. <clears throat> and so active money is the last party to show up. So stock pickers now think, oh, this is awesome, but they're too late. They're too late. And so often that happens to stock pickers. Look at Tesla, you know, here's Tesla. Uh, and There's not a good trend in this whole group. So, you know, you think about all the people reporting this week, Twitter, Netflix, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, Apple, AMD, they're all reporting. There's not an uptrend in the group. It's really curious. There are a couple of bottoms, AMD and Google. Uh, but if you look at Tesla, you know, it's it's not that it's bad but it's not where you would buy a stock. Here's where you buy. You buy when sentiment ticks above five. Now there's more demand than supply. Uh, And short volume is very, very low. See here where it was very high stock, uh, that caused the stock to dip. Then everybody covered, boom, up goes the stock. It's a 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, ticks down. I would leave. The short volume is very good. Doesn't mean that the stock's gonna go down, but, but generally speaking, this is just an oversimplification. 80% 80% of the returns are going to happen on the way up to 10. They're not going to happen on the way back down to five. Sliding. Exactly. So if I were choosing, I would say, now the opportunity has gone. Let's go find something else. I bought Illumina and Zoom last week, and I also sold Zoom? Oh, I, I did. Yeah. So, so, so we, well, we could look at those, right? So let's, let's add those. Let's see. Do I have that in here? I don't, but it doesn't take long. Here, let me, let's look at these and I'll tell you why I bought them. In fact, let's do it this way. So this is the backtesting engine called profiler. This is, this will tell you whether you can get a return or not. So I'm just going to hit the, the default, which is five, five called the five, five rule Buy as it comes over five. sell when it returns to five, I don't tend to stay that long because that cycle, you know, there, the cycle tends to be 13 days. I like about half that amount of time. So. You would look at this and say, well, 8% return in 90 trading days. That's not interesting. If I bought and held it, it's 20%. Yeah, but look at this. This is what I looked at. I went, okay, what happens when it ticks over five? Well, it went from 366 to 370. I'm I'm okay with that. You know, the next time, how about that? Well, it went from uh whoops, here, let me go back here. So it went from 384 uh to to uh three eighty-four. All right, well, that doesn't help me. How about the next one? And I'm after probabilities. 391, um, to, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong one. 409 to 429. That's what we want to look at right there. 404 to 421. That's what I want. Can I do that in two or three days? That's all I cared about. I own both of them for two days. That's it. And I made a nice return and I left. So that's what I look for. What happens when something rises above five? That matters to me. And uh, both of those, you know, they're from a sentiment standpoint, now, I'm not going to buy and hold them. But from a trading perspective, if I go test the data, and I see that there's a probability that within two or three days, it rises 5%, I'm taking that. And that's, that's the kind of market I think that we have right now. It's a, it's a very curious market. That's and here's good. what I mean. Curious, I like that. <laughs> it's a, it's I've never it's heard a, that analogy for the market. Well, curious. I like that. Well, and if, and, you, and if you missed church yesterday, you can even get that here on Market Structure Monday. Oh, really? uh, so there's a, there, so a, there's a curious little theological um, obscure reference in the book of Revelation in the Bible about this city called Laodicea. And uh, the author, John, says about this city, Laodicea, that it's neither hot nor cold, and he wishes it would be one or the other. And the market is very much like that. It's neither hot nor cold. And a, and a market that is not hot nor cold is a dangerous market. And here's, here's how we look at it. See, here's, here's broad market sentiment. So generally speaking, this is the, the only oddity here is this is the Archegos Capital blow up, And it did affect the data. But generally speaking, when the market tops, you want to take some money off of the table. When it bottoms, you put it back in. That's what I did last week, a little bit, half. But I look at this and say, is it going to go up or down? If it's a weak top, we are in trouble. This will be a serious move down for the market. I'm not saying yet that that's the case. I need a little more data, but I'm watching that. And if it's a weak top, what does that mean? Well, it means that all that institutional money hasn't come back into the market. And if everything's short, and there's no money coming in what happens to the market it tips over i'm not predicting that i'm just watching that and saying hmm it's kind of like laodicea it's neither hot nor cold so we'll see
3: got a new word for our vocabulary here i don't
1: even even know how to spell it but it's in the chat and i'm assuming that they've got it right so uh (laughs) Tim, Tim Quas is the founder and CEO of Market Structure Edge, joins us every Monday to, uh, oh, wait, we didn't really go too deep into Tesla. Can, can we just maybe go back to that for one second?
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, if, you know, looking at Tesla, it's an 8 out of 10. And once again, traders, where do you want to buy something? You want to buy it when, it, when sentiment is rising, so you have increasing demand. Tesla so when it goes
3: from like a two high. to a three, what are you looking at, Tim? When it goes from like a one to a two, a two to a three, when when are you when are you really striking using your using your indicators?
0: Uh, it it will be one of three things: an okay. uptick, an uptick. Uh, so any uptick, rising off of one, yep, yeah, somewhere rising between off of one and three, okay. and five five. So here, you know, I look at short volume. Right here at the end of March, short volume was was pretty high. So am I going to buy a 1 or the uptick from 1? No. But when short volume came down and it ticked above 5, there's your spot. So see, short volume is right in line with trend and sentiment rose over 5. There's your opportunity. Then when sentiment begins to decline, leave. So right now, rather than buying Tesla, I would be selling it. Even though short volume is very, very low. Short volume is, is 40%. Tesla routinely is over half over half of its volume is short, uh, so that's very low. And you'd say, well, isn't that a bullish signal? No, it's not, because sentiment demand is diminishing. Now, look, it doesn't mean it can't go up further, but I would take my gains in Tesla.
1: All right, go ahead and smash the like button for Tim Kloss Market Structure Eds for Market Structure Mondays. Tim, always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Good to see for you next week all right uh i do want to do ticker time but i don't want to do it until we get to 500 legs we're almost there but we're not quite there yet so until we get to 500 likes no ticker time today
3: okay i just liked you so i'm helping it out all
1: right uh do you guys want to know what the, what the next cheap headline is to to, to juice your stock it's not nfts nfts is old news what is the new one? It's it's we now accept Bitcoin as a payment method.
3: Oh, man. Who's doing it now?
1: Camping world, baby.
3: Are you kidding
1: me? TWH, you want to buy an RV? Use Bitcoin.
3: And it's up 3% on that. Yep. Yeah. This Wait. is just uh, this. Uh, uh, it, it, you're not going to continue to see this trade get the pickup that it does. Like, oh, they're accepting Bitcoin. Remember Square was one of the first to do it. And it popped like 5% that day. And then PayPal did it. And then, you know, we've had a number of companies do it since. And, you know, it's been a little bit, you know, not as pronounced. Now, you know, it's, it's moving up here. It's up 3%. But, I mean, who cares? This has really changed the fundamentals. One, one. Of course, how are. much of the percentage of the population is actually going to pay with Bitcoin? I said and it was, I'm saying it's significantly less than one percent at this time. Significantly.
2: No less. one's going to say why would someone you just hold it forever? Right. Why would you want to use but it? Not even that. It's idea. just so
3: volatile. I mean, OK, I'm trying to pay with Bitcoin and then, yeah, uh, OK, sure. well, I got to go that's, look that's, at my coin yep. before. I, I got to go look at my Coinbase account. No, I'd rather pay in dollars at this time because your Bitcoin exchange rate sucks. I mean, as a merchant. How are you even going to do it? You have to do it so wide that it's never going to be, you know, very advantageous to paying Bitcoin because you are going to have to put it way below it to be able to limit that risk. Because otherwise you get people like me that'll come in and pay with Bitcoin because, oh, it's way cheaper. You know, I'm going to always be looking and analyzing that. You're going to have people doing that. So I, I don't know, I, I, I just don't see it as an efficient way of transacting. Um, and obviously you get people like, you know, pump on, on, on Twitter. Maybe they, they do see the way I don't see the way for it. So I don't see the way that we're all going to be transacting in Bitcoin. I see it as a story. I see it as something that isn't going away. Maybe the store of value holds. I, I mean, I own some
1: Bitcoin, but I don't see it as a means for transaction. I really don't. Yeah. I said it was a cheap headline. All right. We did get to 500 likes. So let's do some ticker time. Before we
2: do that? Do you yeah. guys know where, uh, Avis was founded. Avis, run a car? Monroe, Michigan. (laughs) You got the Michigan part, right? I (laughs) throw
3: Monroe, Michigan.
2: That's Lazy Boy Chairs and Monroe Shock Absorbers. It was founded in Kellogg? Isn't Kellogg Monroe, too? Battle Battle Creek. Come on. That's close. It was founded in 1946 with three cars at Willow Run Airport. Really? Yeah. Where's that? Uh, you don't know where Willow, it's out near Ypsilanti. You see, no. it, it's, uh, it's like when some of the, you know, big private planes come in, they go to Willow uh, Run. Got
1: it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Uh, um, interesting, we, I thought. Let's start with AM, we, we were asked about AMC a while back in the chat. Uh, yeah. AMC, we haven't talked about it for a while on the show. Um, for whatever it's worth, you know, <laughs> we got the Oscars last night. Cool. Um, so movies are on my mind anyway, but thoughts on this AMC chart
3: here. I want to be bearish. I want to be bearish, and the church is not. doesn't allow me to be bearish. And it's now perking up again. The stocks that won't go away, GameStop and AMC, I mean, they talk about dilution. They're diluting the float by 100%, and they still don't go down on that news. I mean, it, it's tough. This reopening story slash Reddit story has continued to keep the stock up, hold the line, whatever it is. The stock just does not want to go down. Um, I wouldn't want to be shorted. I'm not going long it because it's AMC, but, man, that chart actually looks pretty good. I don't mind the chart at all. What do you think, Joel? Just my chart.
2: Oh, super neutral here.
3: Yeah. It's a time to I mean, strike. You're it, at the station. It, yeah, it's I mean, it's, you can make a call.
2: Neutral. I mean, yeah. look at this. I mean, there's a trading, day, uh, trading range since the middle of March, so... Keep an eye on the trading range. See if it tries to break out of the top of the trading range or breaks through the bottom. But real quiet. I mean, what's the range on uh, Friday? We had a 42-cent uh, range. So uh, starting coverage with a neutral. What about Roku here? Roku. Go, Joel. Ah, uh, It's trying uh major resistance just under 400 i don't know major support i don't know i call that 340 there uh there's only one low there but right in between there now 340
3: yeah. and 400 you gotta yeah you need to hold they're nice little double bottom from the last two days i lean on that 346 347 if you're long 360 it's 13 points up I'd rather have a little pullback but it's consolidating the chart looks okay to me looks okay it's expensive stock though Man, that's,
1: that's two stocks and two ah, neutrals, more or less. Yeah, we didn't um, give him
3: much opinions here.
1: Yeah. What about uh, Dino? Airbnb, please.
3: Oh, man. All these charts, Joel, in the middle of nowhere. This is tough technical Monday here. got to get above 180 to get interesting. It needs to get above 180, and it starts to get more interesting. It's perking up a bet. It stopped going down the last few days. But again, you're in a value market, and Airbnb not a ton of value. Although I love the story, and if I was going to buy a growth stock, this might be one of them.
2: Uh, it has a nice little, uh, nice little trend going here of uh, of two higher highs, higher lows, and higher closes, and it had a nice streak here. It did the same thing, uh, lower highs. So keep that keep that intact and. You Know maybe a couple more days and then it seems like it uh maybe get a little bit tired, but coming up off this low and um looks nice. I do see I'll go a little bit above 180 there. Uh one eighty, one fifty. looks like pretty good resistance to me.
1: Here's one that I i confess I did not know this this company was public. Uh, SVB, do you guys know that? A- a- SIVB is your ticker, SVB Lyric. That I didn't even know is a public company. Um, what are you going with? S V S- B Yeah. SIVB. I trade it sometimes
3: really widespread. It's tough because of $560 right. stock. It's a nice breakout stock. Uh, I don't know if they, they reported, didn't they? Didn't they just report? Uh, uh, yes, they did I think, last week. Last week. Yeah. So I follow it. Um, What's similar against SIVB. A- S-I-B. SIVB. $564 stock. It's a tough one to trade because it's thin and wide. I mean, that's where I'm. You know, I get these five hundred dollars stocks, and the spreads are tough, man. They're wide. I know you can go and say on percentage basis, so oh, it's not that bad. But man, when you get these, it's it's an ill financial. It is tough to trade that stock. Uh,
2: looks digest that bar from Friday. Uh, you got the all-time closing high, five sixty-four twenty-two. Uh, Like I said, new all-time high on Friday. Let's just keep improving on that uh, all-time closing high. Big old bar, and it was nice on Friday. Uh, The previous day's high was just right about the low there. So they're at uh, 5.30, major support. See if we can make a new all-time closing high again.
1: All right, someone's asking about NEO. I forget who it was. I'm sorry. Uh, In the chat. Perking
3: up, breaking the downtrend above 40. It looks okay this looks okay too starting to show some life you got nice support down to 34 to 35 which we talked about this about a week ago mm-hmm. um, we were talking about the 3435 area and I was saying if it was going long I'd stop myself out on that area I guess I wish I would have went long because it's probably up three or four bucks since we were talking about it um, that's your clear support it's trying to break the downtrend which is good too EV story is starting to pick it up a little bit as well growth is trying to come back here a bit um, I just don't know if it's a trap or not so it, it's it's still in a clear downtrend
2: uh, April first, it had a, fi- a high of forty-two oh six. That's currently where you're trading at. So, needs to hold forty-two to get up here. I'd see another high above forty-two at forty-three eleven. So, holding forty-two pretty important for nil. Let's now- go
3: back and forth with me and Joel on yeah. just to get a few more in. So, Joel, you can take the next one.
1: All right, Alex Mendez asked McCasper. They called an upgrade this morning from Wedbush to outperform. Uh, raising the price target to
2: $10.50. CSPR. Uh, whatever this is, is major resistance. 780. It has to get to 780.
3: Uh, Dennis, what about plug? I'm going give to you, give you plug. Showing life. I looked at it on Friday. Starting to show a little bit of life here. I actually was looking at Ballard Power as well. I trade these three together. FCEL, Ballard Power, and Plug. All are perking up a little bit. Again, you can say the same thing with Neo. It's all the EV play. These all move together. It stopped going down, but the trend is still not your friend. Plug gets above 30. It gets more interesting. I just get scared. It just perks its head above 30 and then suckers a few longs and then continues a the downtrend. It's always hard fighting the trend, and the trend is still clearly down and a lot of bag holders in there. So I want to be bullish, but it's tough.
2: Hey, Spencer, I know you got a 9 o'clock guest here. I just uh, got a really nice email over the weekend from okay. one of our listeners. Uh, yeah. And uh, basically what he said, he started listening to the show last March, Alan. And uh, he's paid off his house listening to wow. of, uh, pre-market prep. And uh, he's in the sports memorabilia business, and he knows I'm a Detroit fan. And, uh, Dennis, you're going to be so jealous here. I'm going to show you. What he is sending me here. I know it's a David, so, it's a
1: David McConnor
2: thing, isn't it? No, David it's not McConner. not Connor McDavid. Uh <laughs> let's McConner. see here. A, this is uh this is going back a ways, but good old a red wing from a long, long time ago. Long, long time ago. Do you ago. know who that is? Do
1: you know who that is? Um
3: let me see. That looks like Konstantinov. Exactly. Oh, exactly. exactly. Yeah, he exactly. was a menace to play against. I'm a huge hockey fan, and he was a tough one of the toughest customers out there. Very hard to play against. He would have had a long career still playing. Like well, he wouldn't be still playing now, but he would have had a lot better career, a uh, longer career if obviously the accident would never happen. Great player, part of the Fabulous Five, Konstantinov.
2: The Russian five. The yep. fat five was fat the Michigan. Five. Yeah, the <laughs> Russian five. You know what the fat five. But, uh, no, just a uh, big thanks to Alan, And uh, just, uh, you know, I know I get on the chat sometimes, but uh, I know there's some really nice people out there. We hope we're helping oh my, you out. I absolutely
3: hated that's when awesome. the Oilers played against Konstantinov. That, that's awesome,
1: that's awesome, though. You, pay, you paid off your house. That's that, that's tremendous. Congratulations. 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 Maybe you can give Dennis some advice about on that. I, I think so. Doesn't even I, have I, I, I'm never going to
3: pay off my house, I don't think, with doesn't the house. here. So, I don't, yeah, I know. I don't I mean, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just, uh, All I'm right. Be- uh, if you want more ticker time, go ahead and smash that like. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do like a, a whole show devoted to that. I know we've talked about that in the past, just doing a whole show just – just tickers although that's kind of what the at the close show is anyway but um if you haven't already hit the like button guys also hit subscribe you get notified whenever we go live uh, and check out our new youtube channel benzinga clips it's where we post highlights from our shows like this one not the whole show just highlights just snippets the best parts are on benzinga clips so check it out. I just put the link in the chat right there. Uh, all right, let's talk IPOs, guys. I want to bring on Matt Hammond. Uh, I'll say goodbye. I, I've got to go. Yep, and I want to bring on Matt Hammond uh, from IPO Warriors here. And Matt, uh, good morning. Let's talk some IPOs here. How are you doing today? Oh, wait, you're on mute. Check your mic. Maybe in StreamYard. Check your mic settings. Could be your headset as well. Interestingly enough, while, while Matt does that, I did a read that last week was the first week of the year where we didn't have a single SPAC listing. Can you imagine? I mean, th- that stat performance notwithstanding, that stat I think speaks volumes. Is we we were basically averaging um like a SPAC a day, right? And and we got we had no spags last week. Matt, oh, I thought I heard you there. Guess I didn't. That's that. This is weird. There we go. You're very quiet, though. You're very quiet. Maybe do the old unplug it, plug it back in trick is what I usually do. Works for me. Mm, not really. It's it's a shame because uh, you know I I know you've got a lot of picks for us and it's a little better I I can turn you up on my end it's a little better I think let us see let's see what I can do on my end here all right let's try this say
4: something all right
1: we're gonna go with this and I'm gonna, I'm gonna jack you on my end. Uh, all right.
4: Speak as loud as I can then. Can Go me for meeting? it. All right. So yeah, we have just come off of two-week blitz of IPOs. We had I think 12 the week before, and I think we had about seven or eight last week. And some of the biggest plays, of course, we had the big, you know, the big boys with Coinbase and UiPath. Yep. Coinbase is still Way in the red for anyone who held past that initial dip, but there was a pretty good pop right off the start. Those of you who recall, and uh, UiPath got a big boost from Kathy Woods. She bought up uh, huge positions across five of her funds, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But the biggest plays continue to be these kind of low float, almost meme uh, plays, in the sense that people get a hold of them, and we saw first with. UTME, and then we saw Ebet, and then we saw InfoBird this last week. And these low float with a little only take a little bit of hype, really, and they just blow up. And we'll jump into, I think, first the recap of last week, talk a little bit about how to trade just about any of these IPOs, regardless of whether they're well hyped, unknown, or known. There's just seem to be opportunities across the board here. And, uh, Let's take a look at what happened last week. InfoBird, we had 60 percent possible gain in the first few minutes. It just took off like a rocket into three halts. UI Path was a little bit more predictable and more of a steady win over two days. It did kind of the two-day run. And then no B4, which I kind of sat out on, ended up being a pretty good win opportunity. Simply because people saw, oh, it's cybersecurity; it must be good. We've seen Cloudflare, we've seen a few of these, you know, cybersecurity IPOs do really well, and I think people just didn't want to miss the boat on this one, even though all it really is is a sort of tutorial or, you know, corporate memo of, hey, don't open, uh, don't open phishing emails, and it, but it, it just it, it fills a niche that companies need. And people saw cybersecurity, and it ended up doing pretty well. So InfoBird was the biggest play. I made a really nice, took a really nice win on this one. And even though it was offered on Webull uh, through Click IPO, I only got a partial fill. And that's turned out to be a pretty good indicator of demand. I did a allocation request for UiPath through ETrade, and they didn't give me any shares. Uh, when they do that, or when you only get a partial fill, It's a pretty good sign that a lot of people are requesting it. A lot of people are looking at it. And if you do get a full fill, eh, that's maybe a a sign that you want to get out right away or not play the IPO because it means there's not too much demand. Uh, InfoBird opened up at $7. It went up through three halts. Halts are tricky to play because you can't really set a stop loss very effectively and they can halt so far down. It's not a bad play to have a stop loss Just in case to protect downside, but what I really like to do is take partial exits out of each halt. So I put in for 1,300 shares at the first halt. I took out 300 shares after the second halt. Take out half after the third halt. You might go for a little bit of a sky play, but you had a lot of opportunities in those halts to figure out what you want to do to reduce your risk, to take profits, and this turned out to be a very pretty straightforward nice profit win. However, you've got on the other side, another low float that people were talking about was Troika Media Group. And this is where I want to talk a little bit about how to mitigate the downside, because I ended up taking a win on this, even though it pretty much opened up and dropped. But what it did do is it did jump into a halt at 10%. So you were in a position to take half of your wins right out of the halt, Uh, I didn't have a ton of confidence in this one, so I didn't just take a small position out of the halt. I decided to take 50% out of the initial halt, and then I put a stop loss just above my entry at uh, 380. So when it did came down, we're lucky because it didn't just immediately tank. It didn't elevator down. It did, did kind of the opposite of what a lot of these do. A lot of them take the escalator up and the elevator down. This one took the elevator up and then give you a pretty nice opportunity to get out uh, with the stop loss without too much slippage without too much damage and ended up taking a pretty you know nice little win uh, which i rather refer to as a non-loss because I've, as i've said many times before play enough of these without taking big losses and you're going to be in position to take some big wins and you're going to line up a bunch of smaller wins along the way we'll take a look at some of the other kind of oh, one more to, to review is uipath was a pretty clear uh, winner ahead of time, just because there was so, it has so much growth. We talked about this one last week and put a focus on it, that it was getting a lot of industry attention. It has huge revenue growth, uh, huge, it, it's a growth company that probably last year would have debuted at 80 or 100% above the IPO price. So this one debuted at about, uh, I think the IPO price was at 46, and it debuted at 65.50, which is not insane. And this gave me a bit of confidence to hold through this initial choppiness. Sometimes these don't just run up out of the gate, but if you have confidence in your play, you can end up holding and being all right with it. Uh, There are some people who really like to keep a strict rule of, hey, if I take a stop loss more than 5%, I'm just going to get out no matter what. When I have confidence in a play, I will usually let it run. And we'll see a few examples where having that confidence ended up paying off better than than maybe being a little bit too conservative. In this case, we had an opportunity, and this is where it depends on your confidence level in a stock, how you want to play this. The initial bet is, or the initial hypothesis you're playing on, is the initial spike. And with UiPath, we got that initial spike. It took a little bit of time to get kind of warmed up out of the gate, but then we had a pretty good opportunity to, you know, you set a stop loss here on the first big candle, uh, maybe right at the initial peak, somewhere in here to give yourself a chance to let it run and protect yourself self in case it does reverse. But then it runs up to here, you're setting your stop losses in here. I tend to look at big numbers so that if it's at 64, I know that there's going to be some resistance at 70. And you can see this in the level 2 orders and those big numbers 70s, 80s, multiples of 10, multiples of 5, but really multiples of 10, 10 to Act as a sort of resistance level, and I'll start to tighten up my stop loss at that, you know, six fifty. Once it gets past that, if you don't think it's going to break out past seventy, you kind of get out there and you say, okay, that's a good win. In a low confidence play, you might take your whole win at that point. Uh, with a high confidence play, you might only take fifty percent out and say, okay, well, let's let the rest run, and then you're not really going to pay attention to you. You're kind of expecting this dip. Uh, some people might try to buy in here. I didn't see a clear re-entry point. We still had RSI well above thirty. We didn't get below VWAP, and you know you're gonna just let let that ride until you know usually until day two. That's your next hypothesis that we're gonna get an overnight uh, media you know uh, media cycle and that people are gonna read about it, how it performed well, and come in on day two. I did try to get in again on this second dip. I saw it dip down. It was down you know below our 30 at VWAP I started paying attention to it I said okay well if it gives me a real you know if it gets below the initial entry of 6550 then I'll get back in I put my limit order at 6580 and it reversed at about 6640 so I didn't get back in I wish I had because as we will see this was a day two runner just as we forecast and that overnight media cycle turned into pretty high demand the next day. The market also turned around a bit and got a bit hotter on Thursday. And we saw it peak up at 80. Again, big numbers. If you're looking at getting out of this, you probably want to try to get out at around 79.50, 79. That's, you can expect a reversal around 80. It actually give you a triple top. Um, it's held pretty well and has continued to, to hold. I think it's a 76 pre-market this morning. So UPI, UPI, or UiPath was a strong stock, high growth tech, automation, artificial intelligence, got a lot of buzzwords in it. And that gives you more confidence to stay in a trade longer than something where you think, oh, maybe it's at the top already, maybe it's hyped out, maybe people won't pay attention to it. Um, so, so, so your own confidence, your own hypothesis, hypotheses uh, will indicate how you wanna play these trades. So, Zymergen is a good example of how the second two day hold ended up bailing me out of a bag. But it also serves as a good lesson in terms of how to mitigate some of your losses when you are in a bag holding position. This one sounded more interesting to me than I guess the market actually believed it was. Uh, they do, um, they engineer biology to create advanced synthetic materials and they're creating some pretty game-changing uh compounds including the films that are used in the foldable phones and they've got you know read through their website they've got some groundbreaking stuff uh mosquito repellent that doesn't have the harmful toxins that are that are bad about other which mosquito repellent doesn't sound that exciting but it's a huge industry in the world because mosquito mosquitoes cause millions of deaths worldwide and this one just bombed, and I decided to give it the day two uh, hold. And the reason is a lot of times we see uh, day two comebacks, day two rallies. And in this case, when it started to come back, I started trimming my position. and basically saying, okay, well, if I bought 1,000 shares, I'm going to take out 200 uh, with the initial stop loss here, got stopped out. At around 38.50, another stop loss took me out at 39.50. I was in at 40.30, so I'm not really taking big losses here. And I gave it a chance to, it came here, and then all of a sudden died. But it came back into the green. And now I've said, okay, well, I'm going to hold a little bit longer and see if I can get out tomorrow with a win. Um, So sometimes you got to know when to hold them. You know, Kenny Rogers. Uh, Sometimes you got to run away, but... I like to give it the second day on something that I have a level of confidence in a couple others that ended up offering pretty solid win opportunities, but I didn't have a lot of confidence at the beginning. So what I did was instead of enter the trade with a limit order above the indication price. So when we're watching the indication price, that's before the stock starts trading on the stock exchange. And you can actually see this price in Benzinga Pro. It's one of the greatest things about Benzinga Pro is being able to see the indication price of an IPO price stock before it starts trading. So in this case, I was able to see that the indication price for SKYT was going to open it around, and I think this one opened it, I can't remember exactly. Point being, I ended up undercutting it. So I put my limit in below the indication price and let it run for a couple minutes. And I got into the trade opened at 1550. 50, 15, 50. So I got in at about 1495 or 1490, I forget exactly, which is still not the bottom, but it is lower than the debut price. And then I held through this initial spike and made a good little, you know, took a nice little win there. So on, on trades where you feel that the price might do this kind of wavering at the beginning, and you feel like, well, you know, this is a microchip foundry with backing from the U S government and the U S government is getting behind microchips. We have a microchip shortage. That's the kind of, you know, this is kind of bud buzzword, or as uh, money Mitch likes to say the story, uh, the story behind the trade, the story is there's a microchip shortage. We need more microchips. Here's a company that makes the machines that make the microchips. So, let's, let's play this one, but I don't think it's just going to skyrocket. I think it's going to give me an opportunity to get in a little bit below the entry and then ride this either all the way for the day or take that initial scalp play. I didn't have a ton of confidence. So I just took a, and there were other trades I wanted to get into. So I just took this one. I think I set my stop loss after this candle right here and, you know, took a nice little trade there. If you had a little more confidence, you wanted to let it run all day. I think now it's at 21 or yeah, 2096. So uh, this one was uh, when you have high confidence, you can let things run a little bit. We had the same thing with Latham group. Swimming pools are hot. These guys are the leading manufacturer of uh, swimming pool uh, technology, hardware Um, in every category that they, operate in. So there's a pretty good chance that people are going to catch on to this. Again, you buy this off of a a little bit below the the, de- the indication or the debut price and let it ride a little bit. I caught this one from 2450 to 2550. I just took a tiny little play on this one. Pretty much the same play as um, as SKYT. But if you'd wanted to let this run all day you would have been rewarded and these are the kind of trades where a little bit of patience uh, will play off. It's pay off. It's not InfoBird, it's not eBet. You're not getting that, you know, 50% spike in the first half hour. You kind of got to let this one grow a little bit. But we're seeing a lot of we're, we're seeing a, a good growth pattern in these um, in these IPOs. Uh no Before is a good example of a good opportunity that really just played off the buzzword cybersecurity. Uh, I don't particularly think that many people really understand that all this company really does is kind of help companies train their employees uh, about phishing attacks. Um, They have like a, they can send out, with this platform, you can send out simulated phishing attacks, which basically is sending fake phishing emails to your employees and see if they click the, clickbait and enter in their passwords. And then you go back and say, Hey, you know, you're not fired, but don't do this again. And it's the kind of thing that could be handled in a, you know, a two hour training session. But companies need to assure their shareholders, they need to tell people, Hey, yeah, we're, we're on top of this, we're taking it seriously. And I think more than anything, No before lets them do that in a way that adds confidence that they're not going to be exposed Two phishing attacks, even if the service itself seems to me to be rather replicatable. And I don't know that you need to build a hundred million dollar platform to do that. But people saw cybersecurity and they bought into this. And this was an E-Trade offering that I passed on and people got partial fills, which kind of indicated that maybe there was at least some demand, but not super strong demand. And uh, there were two ways to play this either, play that initial spike and get out here. If you're really confident, get out 50% here, see if it runs at the end of the day, see if it runs into day two, you know, if you did that, you would have been rewarded. So that's a little bit about looking at last week's IPOs and how to kind of play IPOs. And as we saw, they don't have to be mainstream. They don't have to be Coinbase. They don't have to be uh, Snowflake. They don't have to be big names. If they have a little bit of either the low float um, hype to them, if they have some buzzwords in them, if they have Kathy Wood buying up a couple million shares on the second day, these are the kinds of things that you can make good money in a relatively short amount of time uh, with some basic trading strategies that limit your downside and give you an opportunity to take profits if you're patient. So this week, we've got six IPOs, none that particularly stand out, but certainly a couple that I'll be dipping my foot in and seeing if uh, if I can take some profits on. This one doesn't seem too interesting to me, Aviana Healthcare. It's in-home healthcare provider. Nothing particularly sexy about it, but, you know, the boomers are getting old. Democratic. People need to take care of it. Demographically,
1: yeah. well, yeah, I guess. I don't know
4: yeah and and we have seen we'll get to another one at the end here uh we have seen some of these healthcare providers make kind of safe and steady ipo plays uh it's not going to be a home run so yeah you know okay maybe play it but if there's something else which there is yeah uh, then i probably will pass on it next <laughs> yeah Max. <next. laughs> uh ftc solar this one's interesting they do tracking systems and software for solar arrays. And this is very comparable to Array Technologies. They are competitors. And Shoals Technologies, which does, uh, which also does kind of infrastructure, not the actual solar cells, but infrastructure behind the solar. Both of these did well on their IPOs. So I expect the trend to continue. FTC Solar is banking or, or is kind of pegging their um their name on their growth they are not profitable but when you see a company in growth mode you don't necessarily expect or even want them to be profitable uh, Barclay's underwritten ipos have done pretty well for example swim last Friday was a pretty good play and hold and with just 18 million shares I like these under 20 million shares for a solid company I mean you're not going to get 2 million or 3 million share floats on a serious business. You're going to get that on a kind of, you know, on an eBet or a InfoBird, the Chinese IPOs, or I mean, it's hard to take a company too seriously when it's valuation like eBet. Okay. Esports and gambling, but it's valuation is something like $600 million now. And they made, you know, less than a million dollars in revenue. So it doesn't make any sense. When you've got a company like FTCI with less than 20 million in shares, solar's pretty hot. It's getting a lot of government support. They're growing fast. Recent IPOs in the solar sphere have done well. This one's interesting to me. Okay, so biotechs. Generally else. Was... Sorry, Spencer, you have something? Yeah, no, biotech IPOs are are mixed bag. Yeah. And my strategy for IPOs, uh, biotech IPOs recently has shifted to wait and see if you have a huge dip uh, well below RSI 30 and maybe play the rebound. Otherwise, they're definitely not something you want to be in for a long-term hold. There's almost no catalysts in the next, you know, couple of weeks. If they do start to go way up, they very quickly will issue more shares to raise more, you know, raise more funding. As we saw anyone who was in Ocigen saw that last Friday, OkiGen finally made a big run on India vaccine news. And, you know, at 3 PM, they announced that they're going to issue a hundred million dollar, you know, fundraising. And the stock went from 13 down to 10 and it's recovered a little bit, but biotech is a tricky, tricky yeah. game to play. That doesn't mean that this one's not interesting though. And the reason is the 2.77 million shares and people have been, especially day traders have been keying in on low float IPOs regardless of what they do. And okay, this does nanoparticles, targets cancer, RNA oncology company. It sounds cool. I just don't know anything about it. And other than the 2 million shares, uh, Otherwise I would probably just say, nah, if this was 10 million shares, I'd say, no, thanks at 2.7 million shares, given what recent low float IPOs have done. Why not, you know, throw your hat in the, in the ring and see what happens, protect that downside. And uh, another note on this one, it is a click IPO offering. So I put in a request on Webull and we'll see if I get an allocation. If I get a full allocation, then, you know, look out below get go. out and you're one
1: of the biggest shareholders because it's a low float uh let's get to endeavor yeah. it's what people really want to hear about
4: yeah yeah sure <laughs> so endeavor group is the ufc company yeah um if you don't know what the ufc is it's the ultimate fighting championship it started as a pretty rinky d- i watched ufc from the very beginning and you go back and watch ufc one it's hilarious it's you know they had the, it, it looked like uh, pool noodles on top of a fence and there was no weight classes, there was no time limit, and it was tournament style where you won, you fight and fought again, you know, the next, the next guy an hour later. Um, now the UFC is one of the most popular and fastest growing sports entertainment venues in the world, and it's global. It's perfectly situated for, you know, betting. Um, it's perfectly situated for things like even NFTs. It has a very loyal and dedicated following. And it's not the only thing that these guys own. They own Miss Universe. They own uh, the Turkish NBA equivalent. And so basically they own a lot of content and they own a lot of content in sports. Now their company has been down a little bit because COVID has canceled a lot of events as you'd expect. Uh, But they expect this to, you know, to recover and be back on track as COVID uh, you know, becomes more under control It is interesting to notice that they failed an IPO in 2019, which means, okay, something was wrong then, but they fixed it now. It also means that people have been doing their research and studying it, and with a float of just 21 million shares, I like this one. I will definitely be playing this one off the debut and probably will give it a two-day run because I think a lot of people will overlook the fact that it's Endeavor Group. I'm kind of surprised they didn't get a better... Ticker like UFC or something?
1: Well, well, that's like only one part of their business. Their main part of their business is is the talent agency. That's 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 what Endeavor is historic. That's what they do. They're they a talent and sports agency for right. executive for, for actors and everybody, whatever. Um and but they just closed that UFC acquisition.
4: Right. So again, a lot of content, a lot of um you know, streaming—they're expo- They have a lot of exposure in uh, industries that are pretty hot, and I think that that overnight, that kind of media cycle that we talk about sometimes—I think that will play into a day two run for Endeavor Group. So, I believe that there will be headlines: UFC, you know, owners IPO pops in debut, something like that. So, it looks like the
1: the current val—this IPO will value them at. Ten billion dollars, and their failed IPO valued the company at oh, I just saw it at seven and a half billion dollars. So they're saying, I guess the the acquisition of, of UFC is is, is 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 responsible in a large way for that two, no, $2 billion dollar bump, two and a half so billion dollar bump, maybe. Um, but I, I this one this one has a wow. There's Bell, a That's a red flag for me only because of the failed IPO two
4: years ago. Yeah. So. No, I agree. Um, there was one other, that, uh, just in terms of kind of like safe and why not play uh, Previa health. It's just so similar to Agilon health, which even though it was kind of choppy, gave you opportunity to pick, pick off a bottom could have been played for a 15% win for a day two. Um, this one has a much smaller float. So if you're looking for something to play and you don't see anything else in the market, you want to play IPOs I don't see a huge downside on this one because it's unlikely to debut as a premium. Uh, nothing else on that day. But if you're still in an endeavor hold, you know maybe you skip this one. But I do like to correlate some of these to other recent IPOs in the same space. And this one looks a lot like AGL, which turned out to be a, a reasonably good play. All right. That's our, that was our opening bill, Matt, which means – got, Yeah, I got it. The stock market is on. We, we got to check this out. The market
1: is open. Matt Hammond, is his website. It's up on the screen there. Matt, thanks a lot. We'll talk
4: to you again next week. Thanks, Spencer. Talk to you then. All right. uh,
1: that's going to be a wrap for us here. If you haven't already, please, please, please hit the like button. Hit subscribe, whether it's to YouTube or to our or, uh, uh, Benzinga on YouTube or on your channel, Benzinga Clips. I, do, I want to mention a couple of big interviews we're having today throughout the day. We have on Spax Attack, another good executive interview. We'll have the CEO of Lottery.com. The SPAC they're merging with is TDAC. That'll be at 11.15 Eastern time today. And then on Power Hour, we got the CEO of Vuzix, ticker V-U-Z-I, on at 1 o'clock Eastern time. So some goings prepared for you today. Hit the like, hit subscribe, leave us a comment. Uh, I'm going to hop, get technical with Neil Hamilton starting right now. Everyone have a good rest. There is our schedule. Everyone have a good uh, good open. Have a good rest of your day. Sick of being upsold at gyms.